The Bradford Exchange presents The Classic Radio Theater with your host, Carl Amari. Countdown for blast off. X minus one. Yes, it's Maxwell House Coffee Time, starring George Burns and Gracie Allen. Richard Diamond, private detective. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Suspense. It's time once again for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks. Dragnet. We offer you escape. Kraft presents the Great Gildersleeve. Yeah. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. The Jack Benny Program. Welcome, everyone, to episode 39 of the Classic Radio Theater. Each week, the Bradford Exchange and participating sponsors bring you three hours of the Classic Radio Theater, featuring programming from the golden age of radio. This time, we'll hear two spy episodes of The Man Called X, starring Herbert Marshall. We'll begin after this short break. In 1944, when The Man Called X premiered on CBS, Ken Thurston, the agent with the mysterious code name, soon had listeners glued to their radios. Thurston, working for an unnamed superior and an organization referred to simply as the Bureau, accepted his U.S. government assignments without question and jetted off to far-flung locations, landing in situations fraught with danger. Whether on the trail of hot diamonds in Argentina, smashing an international marriage racket in Lisbon, tracking down stolen plans for an atomic energy in Monte Carlo, or recovering a cholera virus in Guatemala, Thurston always knew he was working for the right side. Pagan Zeldschmidt was Thurston's nemesis out to beat him to the target and sell the proceeds on the black market for the highest price. Yet despite his mercenary streak, Pagan also assisted Thurston in his adventures and played the role of comic sidekick. But make no mistake, if a higher bidder emerged, Pagan would certainly have sold Thurston straight down the river. Screen star Herbert Marshall portrayed Thurston throughout the run. In 1956, the series made a transition to television starring Barry Sullivan. Time now for the first of two exciting spy episodes of The Man Called X, starring Herbert Marshall. In this first story, secret agent Ken Thurston is dispatched to the palace of a Maharaja in India, and an important letter is finally delivered. Here's the quinine contact letter on the man called X. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Herbert Marshall as the man called X. Look to Lockheed for leadership. The men and women of Lockheed Aircraft present Herbert Marshall in The Man Called X, produced and directed by Jack Johnstone. The Man Called X. He is the man who crosses the ocean as readily as you and I cross town. He is the man who travels today as you and I will travel tomorrow. He is the man who fights today's war in his unique fashion so that tomorrow's peace will make the world a neighborhood for all of us. He is the man called X. 
Mr. X takes us to India, land of jeweled maharajas and beautiful princesses. But as the story opens, Mr. X is not yet within earshot of softly tinkling temple bells. For the moment, he's traveling down New York's Great White Way, and the lady sharing the cab with him is not an Indian princess, but Miss Nancy Bessington, anxious to arrive on time for the opening of a new musical comedy. Driver, I want you to drop us at the Gotham Towers, corner 45th Street. Okay. Ken, that's miles away from the theater. What, what are you up to? Donnie, I'm trying to kill two birds with one stone to get rid of this Barney Oldfield and to deliver a letter. Letter? Are you by any chance working for the post office department? No, dear, but there's a department in Washington that'll be plenty interested in it. Washington? And you whisper that in my ear ten minutes before curtain time. Oh, I was going to tell you. Uh, but with this fellow's driving, all I could think of was the police department. Twenty-fourth floor, penthouse elevator to your right, down the hall. Uh, just push the button, it's automatic. Come on, Nancy. Okay. Now, this whole affair won't take us three minutes, sweet. All I have to do is to deliver the letter to a certain Ama Pahalani. Who? Well, he's the representative of an East Indian Maharaja who's been here negotiating some deal or other. Well, what's in the letter, Ken? I think it's a contract. Oh. The boys didn't choose to tell me, and I didn't choose to ask because I didn't want to be dragged into the matter. Here, let me push the button for the elevator. You'd better push it again. If not, uh... Oh, here it comes. Oh. Stand aside, dear. The door's sliding open. Oh! Oh, there's someone in here. Someone was in there. Oh. This man's dead. Well, look. Look at, uh, look at his turban, all covered with blood. Oh, don't touch him. Wait, his eyes are flickering open. He's trying to speak. Mr. Pahalani? Pahalani? Are you Ama Pahalani? He... He's trying to... He nodded. Yeah. Mr. Pahalani... I'm Kenneth Thurston. I'm Mr. X. I brought you a letter. A contract that must be delivered. His lips are moving. He's trying to say something. Yes, let, me, let me bend closer. I'm sorry. Can you whisper, Mr. Pahalani? Who is to get the letter? Mm-hmm. Yeah? Maharaja? Is that what you're saying? Maharaja? Ken, the buzzer. Yeah, someone's pushed the button upstairs. Let's get out of here, quick. And stand away from the door. It's closing. Now to get downstairs fast, and then I want a taxi that can fly. Ken, how in the world can you think of going to the theater now? Theater? Honey, I'm going to India. Oh! Mr. Thurston, about to land, sir. Oh, wonderful city, isn't it, Stuart? Those golden roofs shining in the sun... All those graceful domes and spires, gosh. Look out the other window, sir. See? There's the Maharaja's palace. Why, it's like a walled city in itself. Yes, sir. Look at that huge tower. I wonder what the palace looks like on the inside. Inside? I've often wondered too, sir. Well, I'll tell you all about it on my way back. You might find that rather difficult, sir. No foreigner has ever left that palace alive. <laughs> Sir, in here, I'm relaxed. 
Hello, Mr. Thurston. Why, Aegon Zellsmith, you're chasing me again. But I'm Zagan, Mr. Ed. Oh, Aegon, Zagon, either one. It's like being chased by the devil. Isn't it fantastic that we should meet here in India? Not as fantastic as your costume. A man with your physique parading around in a loincloth. But, Mr. X, I'm a yogi. Oh, a yogi, is it? A yogi of great powers. I know the language of animals. I can foretell the future. I can transport you magically to any distant spot. I Then can... you're just the man I want. Transport me to the Maharaja's palace. Oh, well, Mr. X, there are limits even to my powers. You think your powers would increase if I gave you 50 rupees? Oh, yes. I already feel much stronger. For 100 rupees, I'll take you to the Maharaja's prime minister. He will be very happy to arrange an interview with the Maharaja. How do you know he'll be happy to arrange it? Didn't I see I can see the future? And I can still see your past, so take your hand out of my pocket. I'm sorry. You're not going to steal that letter, Zagor. Delighted to see you, Mr. Thurston. Please have a seat. Thank you. I was... Permit uh, me to finish. I am delighted to see you in my capacity as a private individual. But as the Maharaja's Prime Minister, I am pained to inform you that you will not be granted permission to stay. Suppose I tell you that I was sent by Ama Pahalani. And may I inquire who Ama Pahalani is? Was. He died in New York, murdered, while on a mission for the Maharaja, as you well know. But I do not know. At no time did His Highness the Maharaja send any emissary to the United States. Well, surely Washington wouldn't have received him as an accredited representative. I am as mystified as you are, Mr. Thurston. But, but look, at, look at this envelope. It contains certain papers which must be delivered to His Highness. I know of no papers, Mr. Thurston. Is it possible that you are the victim of a practical joke? Well, then Amar Pahalani must have had quite a sense of humor to let himself be murdered for a laugh. I agree with you. It's baffling. <laughs> Write me the solution when you get home, because you are taking the evening plane back to America. Mr. Prime Minister, I still request that you get me into the palace. You are asking the impossible. I won't attempt miracles. No, that would probably call for a, a yogi with magic powers. Great rope trick, sir. I was so enough cheap. May you grow rich. No, Mr. X, don't trust him. He's a charlatan. It's about time you showed up, Zagon. I almost couldn't come, Mr. X. You see, this is my hour for lying on a board studded with nails. I'm kind of on pins and needles myself. Now, did you arrange to get me into the palace? Wait. Let us stop in front of the snake charmer. Not too close to the snake, please. I pretend to be watching him while I whisper to you. Now listen carefully, Mr. X. Tonight I will take you to the palace. Sagan? How? When? I'm not even asking how much. The price is small, only a thousand rupees. Meet me at midnight by the babbling brook under the palace walls. Midnight, babbling brook. You shall get your thousand rupees. Thanks, Sagan. And I don't need to add, may you grow rich.
those temple bells always go off at midnight? Yes, they ring for the souls of those who enter these palace grounds and were never seen again. Hmm, charming custom. Yeah. Well, lead the way. Here, Mr. Epps, up the steps. There are guards about and a few tigers on the loose. Fine thing. These stairs seem endless. Yes, we are going up into the tower. Here is the balcony from which they throw down the bodies. The bodies of unexpected visitors, I suppose. Hmm? Yes. Now climb through after me. This is the window of the thousand jewels. Zagon, is it cricket to sneak into the Maharaja's room like this? Are you in? Jump down. This is not the Maharaja's room, Mr. X. Then where am I, Zagon? Look, I insist on seeing the Maharaja. Won't I do? Huh? Instead? Who are you? So fragile in your shimmering veils. I am the Princess Radhanika, the Maharaja's niece. And you are a guest in my chamber. It's an exquisite chamber. Too bad that I can't stay and admire the sights. Mr. X, maybe I did wrong to bring you into the Zenana, the women's quarter. Man to man, Zagan. I don't object at all. Thank you. The princess will undoubtedly lead me to the Maharaja. No, you must not see him. That is why I sent for you. My uncle is a cruel, evil man. Yogi, leave us. Sit outside on my doorstep. I obey, O oh princess. Goodbye, Mr. X. And may you grow happy and wise. Sit by me, Mr. X. On these cushions. Silken cushions. Fragrant with jasmine. Huh? I'm signaling my musicians. They will play so that our conversation may not be overheard. You will find betel nuts and sweetmeats on that golden tray. Reach for the wine. A jug of wine and thou. No, no, I better keep my head clear for the interview with the Maharaja. Why do you keep insisting on that? Must I warn you again and again of the danger? I love you for that, but why are you so concerned about a stranger like me? Because you are not a stranger. Press my hand like that again and I'll begin to agree with you. You're not a stranger. Because we knew someone in common. Ama Pahalani. Well, I'm glad to hear someone claim Pahalani for a friend. The Prime Minister denied that the man ever existed. Shh. The Prime Minister was not aware that Amar went to the United States. Apparently the Prime Minister doesn't keep up with things. Very sloppy of him not to keep track of the Maharaja's emissaries. But he was not the Maharaja's emissary. I sent him to your country, Mr. X. You? To raise money. Much money. Oh, don't... Don't tell me you're broke, Princess. Why, your, your lovely arms, I mean, they, they glisten with emeralds and rubies. It takes limitless money to overthrow the Maharaja. Am I to understand that you and the late Mr. Pahalani had serious thoughts of um, deposing the Maharaja? Yes, and to kill him just as he killed my father, with his own hands to gain the throne. Oh, and those stories about the Maharaja's cruelty aren't just uh, publicity. Someday the truth will be told that my father didn't die of malaria. Malaria is quite a nuisance around here, isn't it? wonder if I'm allergic. I would a thousand times rather have you die of malaria than be strangled by the Maharaja. You are concerned, Princess. And you obviously don't want me to deliver the letter to His Highness, in spite of Pahalani's dying request. Perhaps you misunderstood him. Perhaps he said Rananika, not Maharaja. Perhaps. His English was far from perfect. Whereas your lips speak a universal language. 
So give me the letter. You will not find me ungrateful. Ah, paradise, you know. Oh. No, don't kiss me again. Press the letter. Radhanika, why change the subject? Because I must get that letter before the Maharaja arrives. Let him arrive. I welcome his arrival. Your kisses have made me as bold as a lion. Shh, keep your voice down. Are you deliberately trying to get him to come in here? Yes, deliberately and cold-bloodedly. Please. Do you think I've just, I'll just hand you that letter and leave like a cad, letting you face danger alone? Shh, you sound so wild. Yes, I'm in a fever of indignation. Fever. Fever. Oh... Oh, Radonika, feel my, feel my, feel my head. Am I kicking up a temperature? Give me the letter. I'm ill. Give me the letter and go. Go. In my condition, my, my knees are giving way. Let me just, uh, let me just lie here on the couch. No, no, you mustn't lie down. Mr. X, sit up. Malaria. Can it be malaria? No, no. Why, my, my teeth are chattering. Please, please, please. I've got the shakes. Oh. 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 Yogi. Hmm. Yogi, come in here. Hmm. Yogi, says asking uh, at your disposal, princess. Mr. X is either play acting... Or he is ill with malaria. I can cure sickness of the soul, but for the body, I would need quinine. Shh. You mustn't mention uh, quinine. Only the court physician has that, and he would betray us. I'm chilled. Cover me. Yes, yes, cover him. Well, here, Mr. Uh-huh. X, I'm putting racks on you. All right. <laughs> no. Yogi, we've got to get him out of here. But first, you must help me search him for that letter. Dagon, is that you? Yes. Put blankets on me. More. More. Cover me with your jacket. But, Mr. X, if I give you my jacket, then I will freeze in this loincloth. Oh, put your jacket on him, Yogi. Anything to keep him quiet while we search him. Oh, well, here is my coat, Mr. Feel warmer now? Put on the light, Yogi. No one must know that I'm still awake. But, Princess, I always find it difficult to pick pockets in the dark. The gong! Oh. Yogi, that's the signal. The Maharaja has left his chambers. Heaven help us if he enters this tower. I'll blow out the lights in a minute if I can ever catch my breath. <sighs> now we must wait here in the dark, Yogi. The gong was so nearer and nearer. Oh, I can foretell the future and it's not very promising. I'm sorry he ever came here. I'm afraid. Ah, my beloved. Fill the cup that clears today of past regrets and future fears. Poetry, he uh, is delirious. Such a, uh, this can mean death. Dust oh, unto dust and under dust I, to I, lie. Sans wine, sans song, sans singer, and sans end. Just a moment, we will continue with the second act of tonight's exploit to the man called X, starring Mr. Herbert Marshall. But first, a word from the men and women of Lockheed. Ladies and gentlemen, the Lockheed Constellation is the largest, fastest, highest-flying land transport in use today. Certainly, this is an interesting statement. Yet again tonight, we of Lockheed wish to point out what these points of superiority, largest, fastest, highest-flying, mean to you, the airline passenger. Now, the ability to carry heavy loads for great distances at high speed is a direct result of power and design. And these factors, power and design, built into the Lockheed Constellation, provide such things as safety and comfort and economy. 
The constellation can fly high over the highest mountain ranges and high above storms and disturbing air currents. It can land and take off from any standard airport. And, this is important, it can maintain altitude and even climb on any two of its four powerful engines. Furthermore, on flights of as short as 100 miles, the Lockheed Constellation has been found to operate more efficiently and more economically than the ordinary two-engine transport you fly in today. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, safety-wise and comfort-wise and economy-wise, the Lockheed Constellation is setting brand new standards in air transportation. Today, it serves the Army Air Forces. Tomorrow, it will serve you, bringing the airport in your town closer and ever closer to other cities and towns in America and to lands beyond the horizon. So again, we say, remember the name, the Lockheed Constellation, another example of Lockheed leadership. We return to tonight's exploit to the man called X, starring Herbert Marshall, to find him in the scented boudoir of an Indian princess. He had come to this mysterious principality of India to deliver a letter to the ruling Maharaja. But now Mr. X is suffering from an attack of malaria, and the princess is trying to steal the letter from his pocket, while gongs announce the approach of the Maharaja. Yogi, the gongs sound in the tower now. The Maharaja is coming up the stairs. Oh, it is. I've looked through all the pockets of Mr. X. I can't find the letter. Wait, I will draw aside the curtains. Let the moon shine in. Yon rising moon looks for us again. How oft hereafter will she wax and wane? Oh. No letter. I am ready to give up and uh. magically transport myself a safe distance from here. Wait, Yogi, before uh. you leave. I must give you a note to take to the Prime Minister. I will write it here in the moonlight. Wait. While Mr. X's pockets are so convenient, I might as well collect my small fee of a thousand rupees. Ah, take the cash and let the credit go. Nor heed the rumble of the distant drum. Here is the note. The Prime Minister will know what to do when he gets it. Before I go, I must get back the jacket that I put on Mr. X. This loincloth looks too informal. Here. Now. Have you got your jacket on? Yes. Then go. Behind that tapestry, you will find a secret door. What? It's a dark passage. What is a strange smell? It's suffocating. You will get used to the smell. Goodbye, okay, goodbye. Oh, now I'm alone with this babbling idiot. What am I to do with him? Ah, make the most of time we may yet spend before we too into the dust descend. Roronico? Roronico, open the door. Yes, yes, your highness. I'm opening it. I heard voices in here. Chamberlain, bring a light. Here is the lamp, your highness. Hold it higher. Uh-huh. A man. An intruder, uncle. I struggled. I, I fought him. Yes, fought him with sweetmeats and betel nuts. Fought me with soft blandishments. You're all to right. keep me from disturbing your highness's slumber. Nonsense. She knows very well that I have insomnia. Right, sir. Who are you? I'm the man called X, an amateur letter carrier. I Don't beg your... listen to him. He has no letter. Of course he hasn't, Radanika. I was not born yesterday. Highness, does the name Amar Pahalani mean anything to you? Huh? Yes. Yes, it means a million rupees. 
It means a missing contract for the sale of 10,000 pounds of chinkona bark. Then the deal involves chinkona bark, precious chinkona from which quinine is made. Yes, tell me, have you really got Amar's letter? He hasn't, he hasn't. Have him shot. In good time, Radonika. Mr. X, do not try my patience. I'm forced to, Your Highness. The letter, owing to interference with the mail, is not on me. What? Lost? Not if we hurry. Where to? To the always hospitable home of His Excellency, the Prime Minister. That's where the letter is. It's a lie. Don't go with him. Don't. I seldom lie, Princess. Though occasionally I exaggerate things like malaria symptoms. Why don't you, um... Slip something over your, uh, your shimmering veils and come along with us. Do so, Radonika. Then, if the fellow is a liar, Uncle will let you shoot him with Uncle's own gun. No, 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 I can't. I won't go. She's trying I... to escape through the window. Window of a thousand jewels. I've caught her. Put her down. Let me go. No, no. princess. No, I will I'm, not go. I'm carrying you to yon jasmine-scented cushion. Hurry, Mr. X, no. the Prime Minister retires early. I hope you'll retire permanently. Come here, Your Highness. Just let me cover Radonika with a rug when I tore a chunk out of her shimmering veil. There. Your Highness. Servant, where is your worthy master, that scoundrel? Why, His Excellency is... He's out. Out? Mm. Now what excuse will you find, Mr. X? The letter is coming by carrier pigeon. And that means you, Zagon, get out from under that table. Mr. X, this is my hour for making myself invisible. Stand up like a man and pick your pocket. My own pocket? This is highly unprofessional. Then I'd like to do it for you, Zagon. Oh, no, please. Oh, stop squirming, Nona. Well... I have to look in your other pocket. <laughs> Don't act so kittenish. I'm ticklish. Ah, here it is. Your Highness... I have the honor of handing you the letter. Amar Pahalani's letter, sealed with his own ring. Let me open it. I had a fortune in my pocket and I didn't know it. What kind of a yogi am I? As one miracle man to another, Zagor, I switched the letter from my pocket to yours when you covered me with your jacket. Yes, yes, the contract is in order. Look, sealed, signed. And delivered, finally. And so will the chinkona bark be delivered to my country. With most quinine in the hands of the Japs, this will be vital to our men in the Pacific. What? Mr. X, an explosion! Yes, look out the window. Flames! The chinkona warehouses! Burning! Blown up! Let's hurry there. Oh, dear. Let's run into that visiting fireman, the Prime Minister. Everything is getting clearer and clearer. Clearer with those clouds of smoke. Sagan, where there's smoke, there's fire. <laughs> Way for the Maharaja. Highness, Highness, the calamity, the warehouse is in ashes. The Prime Minister is directing the rescue, Your Highness. Versatile fellow, burns the candle at both ends. You, you man, send the Prime Minister here. He's already coming, a diplomat on a fire helmet. Highness, Mr. X, my friends, you must dry your tears. This tragedy was written in the Book of Fate. Are you sure it wasn't written in the note which the princess sent you? It was, Mr. X. I peeked at the note a little. <laughs> Maharaja Saab, do not listen to the yogi. He's probably in a trance. What mortal man can tell why and how chinkona bark burns? My nose can tell. And it's not chinkona that's burning. This smoke doesn't smell of quinine. Your Highness, 
You trust the nose of this foreigner against no, the word? No, Mr. Prime Minister. These warehouses were empty, systematically looted by you and the princess, and the bark stored elsewhere for eventual sale to Japan. Your Highness, I can explain... Explain the murder of Amar Pahalani by your spies. Explain in your next existence. I shoot you like a dog. May you grow dead. Maybe I killed him too impulsively. Now I shall never discover where the chinkona is stored. Visit the lovely Radonika. Ask her to draw aside a priceless tapestry. Open a hidden door to a secret passage. But don't suffocate, Your Highness. I nearly choked to death. Yogi breath control notwithstanding. Yes, the chinkona bark smelled to high heavens, Agar. But not worse than Radonika's silken cushions. Confidentially, I hate the smell of jasmine. The cushions will be buried in the same grave with Radonika. Poor Radonika. I hope your highness will give her a state burial. Uh, it's most unlikely that I shall meet her in another existence. Yon rising moon that looks for us again. How oft hereafter will she wax and wane? How oft hereafter rising look for us through that same garden and for one in vain? Mr. Herbert Marshall returns to tell you about next week's exploit of the man called X. Here is an announcement from Lockheed. Ladies and gentlemen, tomorrow, Sunday, October 1st, marks another important milestone in the history of air transportation. Tomorrow, a Lockheed Lodestar, flying the colors of national airlines, takes off from the Jacksonville, Florida airport and flies the first national airline schedule to New York City. Other Lockheed Lodestars will follow on regular schedules, to establish the fastest airline service up and down the Atlantic seaboard. Lockheed congratulates National Airlines on the inauguration of this new service, a progressive step that is typical of many other United States airlines. Most of them started small, and with the support of air-minded Americans, extended and expanded, until today our nation is a vast network of integrated air systems. Yes, the nation's airlines have established a progress record unmatched by any other American industry. And this is only the beginning. Tomorrow, after victory, new planes and new routes will make the entire world part of the airline network, a system that you and every American can enjoy. And now a word from our star, Herbert Marshall. Next week you'll find me high among the peaks of the eternal Alps in Switzerland where a simple toy music box leads to adventure, romance, and even danger. For there's a beautiful blonde involved who also proves to be a beautiful shot with a high-powered rifle. So join us, won't you, when next I return as the man called X. presented by the men and women of Lockheed Aircraft. Tonight's exploit was written by Francis Farrago. Original music was composed and conducted by Felix Mills. The entire production was under the direction of Jack Johnstone. Mr. Marshall's appearance is through courtesy of Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, producers of the Technicolor picture Kismet. The men and women of Lockheed invite you to join Mr. X again next Saturday. Same time, same station. John McIntyre speaking.
This is the Blue Network. And that's the Man Called X with a quinine contact letter starring Herbert Marshall from September 30th, 1944. All of the classic radio shows we present on this series are direct from the master recordings. I have more than 100,000 original radio episodes under license from the owners and estates, and we make them available via digital download or on CD through our Classic Radio Club. By joining the Classic Radio Club, you'll receive 10 superior-sounding classic radio shows sent directly to you each month, along with detailed liner notes and photos of the stars. You'll receive your first 10 classic radio episodes for only $1, and you can cancel at any time. To learn more about the Classic Radio Club, log on to ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. I'll have another spy episode of The Man Called X for you after this short break. Welcome back to the Classic Radio Theater. I'm your host, Carl Amari. This time, secret agent Ken Thurston travels to Iran for an assignment during a war. Here's a tiny bit of microfilm on The Man Called X. Now we present Herbert Marshall as The Man Called X, the Saturday night feature on NBC's five-show festival of comedy, music, mystery, and drama, brought to you by Chesterfield, the only cigarette that combines mildness with no unpleasant aftertaste, the cigarette that brings you Bing Crosby and Bob Hope, by the makers of Anison for fast relief from pain of headache, neuritis, neuralgia. And by RCA Victor, world leader in radio, first in recorded music, first in television. Herbert Marshall as the man called X. Wherever there is mystery, intrigue, romance, in all the strange and dangerous places of the world, there you will find the man called X. Wait, here are those two guys again. Bob, do you realize we only have one thing in common? Hardly enough for a happy marriage, is it? <laughs> What's that, Bing? Chesterfields, of course. We both like them, we both sell them. And we'd better get to selling them now. You know, folks, better tasting Chesterfield is the only cigarette that combines for you mildness with no unpleasant aftertaste. How do you know they're mild? Well, you just make our mildness test. You buy them, open them up, and enjoy that milder aroma. Then smoke a Chesterfield. You'll know it's milder because it smokes milder. And Chesterfield leaves no unpleasant aftertaste. That fact has been confirmed by the country's first and only cigarette taste panel. So, always buy Chesterfield. Join me, Junior. Let's sum it up musically. Chesterfield, Chesterfield always takes first place. That milder, mild tobacco never leaves an aftertaste. So, open a pack, give them a smell, then you'll smoke them. some who say that the history of modern man began in ancient Persia, now called Iran. And there are others in the capitals of the Western world who fear that the end of modern man may begin there also, with the thunder of the weapons of war as the hordes from the north march down to seize the oil-rich lands of the Middle East. 
On a lonely windswept plateau in the socialist Soviet Republic of Azerbaijan, just north of Iran, a sheep herder huddles in his tiny hut. Huddles over a shiny, portable, shortwave radio transmitter. This is Outpost calling X in Tehran. Outpost calling X in Tehran. Listen closely. May not be able to repeat. Listen closely. The information will be aboard the Tehran Baghdad plane on the 25th. Take seat 10B. Your contact will be... Oh, contact, contact will be... Peak. So, Daggerty. Daggerty, we have finally caught up with the traitor. It was inevitable, comrade. But the message he was sending... About the information, we found him too late, Dagilev. No, we did not find him too late. I assure you that information will never reach the man called X. Then you think we've lost a contact in Azerbaijan? Looks like it, Chief. I haven't been able to raise him again. Well, any idea what the information he mentioned was about, Ken? Yep. Russia's military plans regarding Iran. What? That's right. Everything she's been doing about messing of troops, moving military supplies and material, the works. Good Lord, Ken. That information's vital to us. Vital to the entire Western world. Yep. And it'll be somewhere aboard the Tehran Baghdad plane on the 25th. But we don't know who has it, who the contact is. How the devil are you going to get that information? That's an interesting question, Chief. I'll give you the answer later. After I land in Baghdad... Tehran Baghdad plane is now ready at gate two. All passengers will please get aboard at once. This is the last call for the Tehran Baghdad plane. That's the entire passenger list, Major Chugger. That is correct, Mr. Thurston. And we have complete intelligent dossiers clearing all but three of them. Mm-hmm. Who are they? The first is a Professor James Gilbert, an English archaeologist. James Gilbert? He was recently stricken with a heart attack and is accompanied by a nurse, Riza Hussein. Well, and the third? He terms himself a financier from Luxembourg. Rather strange person. Hmm? What's his name? He calls himself Count P. Vonetsu Zelschmidt. Zelschmidt? Yeah. He is perhaps the contact you are seeking? <sighs> He'll contact me, all right, but as for being the man I'm seeking. Well, time for you, time for you to get aboard, Mr. Thurston. Yeah, thanks for the help, Major Chugger. Let you know how I make out. Well, please do, until we know definitely just how strong is the threat from the north. There is little sleep for anyone in Iran. That goes for the rest of the world, too, Major. We'll see you. Good luck, Mr. Thurston. Your pardon, Effendi. Your pardon. It is nothing, sir. Nothing. Did you recognize that man, Dagilev? Major Chugga. Iranian intelligence. Then we must be right, Dagilev, about the information being aboard. There is no doubt of that, comrade. The man with whom Chugga was speaking is the man known as X. The man called... What, you let him get aboard the plane, Dagilev? Once he obtains that information and lands at Baghdad... There is no cause for alarm, comrade. That plane will never land at Baghdad. I beg your pardon. 
pardon, my dear sir, but uh, but would this seat next to you happen to be unoccupied with nobody in it? Hmm? <clears throat> like I was saying, my friendly traveling companion, if this seat is empty without any passengers, I mean, and you would like to spend a few pleasant moments discussing uh, financial type matters with a brother financier. <laughs> oh, for... sit down, Pagan. Thank you. Clever how I did it, eh, Mr. X? Nobody on board this flying jalopy could even know we know each other. All right. What's the pitch this time? Pitch? I don't get it, Mr. X. I'm not after no money from you. Then who asked you to get aboard this plane? <laughs> Always joking, eh, Mr. X? You asked me naturally. What? I didn't even know you were in Tehran. Well, that's not what my Uncle Ahmed told me. Your Uncle Ahmed? Sure. I'm working for him in Tehran. A big importing and deporting business. He's got big connections, you understand. Now, wait a minute. Just what did your Uncle Ahmed tell you? Just what you told him. That you wanted me to take this trip with you. It was all very hush-hush, important, top-secret stuff. So here I am. Well, so, so what's cooking, Mr. Hey, gone if I could believe for one I minute that... I beg your pardon, oh. sir, but would you happen to be a Mr. Ken Thurston? Yeah, that's right, yeah. I am Riza Hussain, Mr. Thurston. Oh, how do you do, Miss Hussain? And I'm Mr. Pagan Zeltschmidt. <laughs> Welcome on board. Uh, I am a nurse, Mr. Thurston, and my patient, Professor James Gilbert, is becoming quite bored and restless on the trip, and this is bad for him. He suffers from a heart ailment, you see. Oh. Well, yours was the only other name on the passenger list that might indicate an English-speaking person. And I thought perhaps you might not mind talking with the professor. Oh, I'll be glad to. Oh, sure, go right ahead, Mr. Thurston. Yeah. Me and this pretty little pill peddler will talk over things while you're gone, huh, Miss Hussey? He is in seat 14B, Mr. Thurston. And uh, thank you so much. It's my pleasure, Miss Hussey. So you're a nurse, eh, baby? Well, sit down, sit down. <laughs> professor Gilbert? Oh, yes, yes, yes. I'm Professor Gilbert, and you must be Mr. Thurstonay. That's right. Uh, sit down, please. Sit down. Thanks. I understand you're an archaeologist, oh, well, uh, Professor. I was until this heart of mine began acting up. The winds and colds of Azerbaijan proved too much for it. Oh, Azerbaijan. Yes. Uh, you'd be very surprised at what interesting things one can uncover up there. For example, there's a lonely little plateau at the Russian border. So lonely, I've named it the uh, outpost, descriptively. Yes, very. Find anything up there? Yes, some remarkable data first. Remarkable. It might affect our entire concept of history. Perhaps you'd like to look over some of my notes regarding it. Or would that bore you? I doubt it, Professor. Uh, good. Now, if you'd be kind enough to call Miss Hussein... Good. That's an explosion in one of the rear compartments. Sabotage. Better tell me where those notes are before we crash. Right. You'll find everything you want to complete data stashed away in the... before crash. Everything is all right, Mr. Thurston. There's no need for concern. Everything is all right. Jessica. What, uh... Oh, it's you, Mr. Thurston. Yes, Mr. Thurston. You are in a hospital in the village of Hamadan. You suffered a slight concussion. We have kept you under sedatives for the past 24 hours. Your arm, please, Mr. Thurston. Uh, never mind the hypodermic. 
What happened in that crash? What about Professor Gilbert? Well, he suffered a slight heart attack, but he should be in perfectly safe hands by now. Your friends flew him back to the Tehran hospital. Uh, my friend? Hagar? No, Mr. Thurston. Your friend who flew down here this morning. I believe his name was uh, Mr. Dagilev. <laughs> Better, Mr. Thurston. Are you returning directly to Tehran in the plane I sent for you? That's right, Major Chugger. I've got to learn what happened to Gilbert. What have you turned up there? There would seem to be no doubt that he was your contact. The one carrying the information about Russia's military plans regarding Iran. We have since learned that he is a British agent. I was pretty sure of that. What about him now? Have you located him? No such person was admitted to the Tehran hospital. And so far, our dragnet has failed to pick him up. Ah. Uh, Major, I've got Pagan and Riza Hussein aboard. As soon as we land, I'm going to send her over to your offices. Maybe she can find a picture of this man named Dagilev. And what of you? I, I'm going to visit Pagan's Uncle Ashmel. Oh. Believe me, Mr. Thurston, you're just wasting time. My Uncle Ahmed may be a character, but, but he don't know nothing about any kind of a secret information. <laughs> you could trust him just as far as you could throw me. Where is this shop of his? Right over here, Mr. Riggs, right here. Some placid joint, eh? Ahmed's import and export establishments. Sheepskins, tobaccos, carpets, also tricks with dice and cards. Yeah. <laughs> just something to add life to the line, you understand? Oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> Hey, hey, what's been going on here? Look at this joint. Huh, like a bull in China. And, and where's Uncle Ahmed anyways? And what's been happening since... Hey, Mr. Rex, the, the lights just went out. Yeah. Where's the main switch? Huh? In a strange storage room in, in the back. Well, let's go. But it's practically pitch black in here. It, it... Oh, you got a pencil flash. Why do you always have to think of everything? Come on. Uh, there's nobody in here, Mr. X. Wait. Listen. That, that sound. What, what is it? Uh, look up there. At the rafters. <gasps> Mr. X. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's my Uncle Ahmed. Hanging from a rope. It's my Uncle Ahmed. Yes, again, Pagan. Huh? It's Professor Gilbert. <laughs> continue with The Man Called X in just a moment. The next time you suffer from pains of headache, neuritis, or neuralgia, take Anison. You'll bless the day you heard of this incredibly fast way to relieve these pains. Now, the reason Anison is so wonderfully fast-acting and effective is this. Anison is like a doctor's prescription. That is, Anison contains not just one, but a combination of medically proven active ingredients in easy-to-take tablet form. Thousands of people have received envelopes containing anison tablets from their own dentist or physician, 
and in this way discovered the incredibly fast relief anison brings from pains of headache, neuritis, or neuralgia. So, the next time a headache strikes, take anison for this wonderfully fast relief. Anison, A-N-A-C-I-N. Anison comes in handy boxes of 12 and 30. Economical family size bottles of 50 and 100. Get Anison at any drug counter. And now we return to the second act of The Man Called X, starring Herbert Marshall, with Leon Velasco as Pagan Zellschmidt. What about it, Mr. X? Is he. Is he. We got him down too late. Oh, the poor professor. But but look at him, Strix. What happened to him? He was questioned, Pago. Oh, they must have wanted to know where that military information is pretty bad, eh? Yeah. Do you think he told them anything? One thing certain. He didn't have those notes on him or they wouldn't have done this. Hey! Look out, Pago. 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 What are you doing under those carpets? Oh, this... I started to running, you know, to, to, to your rescue. You understand? Somewhere along the way I got lost. Oh, come on. Let's get out of here. But but maybe I ought to stay here in the shop, Mr. Thurston, just, just in case some customers come in or something. Don't be an idiot. That man in the alley is in no condition to hurt anyone. The rest of them are gone. Oh, well, in that case... Come on, Mr. Thurston. Let's get out of there. Boy... You really gave this character what he had coming to, Mr. X. That'll serve him right for... Hey, that's the guy. What guy? The guy I saw in Hamadan Hospital with Dagilev when they kidnapped Professor Gilbert. Well, that answers one question. Gilbert didn't talk. Huh? How do you know? If they'd found his notes, they wouldn't be hanging around looking for me. Pagan, you better go find your Uncle Ahmed. You think you know something, Mr. X? There's 50 bucks in it if you find out. Where do they collect? I'm going to Major Churga's office. The intelligence guy? What are you going to do there? About time I talk to our little friend, Riza. Professor Gilbert told me nothing about them. Just before the plane crash, he asked me to get to you. So you could give me those notes. I do not care what he told you. I know nothing about them. Then what about this man, Dagolev? Could you identify him? No. I know nothing about him either. Only that he took Professor Gilbert away from Hamadan after the crash. Well, didn't the professor put up any kind of a fuss? I told you he had suffered another heart attack. He was under sedation at the time. All right, Risa. I'll get your stuff from Major Chugger and then see you safely home. You are very kind, Mr. Thurston. Very kind. You heard, Major? Every word, Mr. Thurston. What about her things? Did you check them? I did. Her purse, medicine kit, overnight bag, there was nothing. Uh, Does that mean you still suspect she might be guilty of some complicity? I was wondering why I was in the Hamadan Hospital for 24 hours before coming to. But she explained that. You had suffered a concussion. We're being kept under sedatives. Maybe she's a little too eager with that hypodermic. Huh? What if somebody wanted me out of the way for 24 hours, long enough for Dagelgott? To get down there and pick up Gilbert for questioning. It is a possibility, of course, Thurston, but you're speculating. There's something else that isn't speculation. Reza said Professor Gilbert was under sedatives for a heart attack when Dagilev picked him up. 
Remember your report from British intelligence? Yes, Mr. Thurston. They reported that James Gilbert had no heart ailment, that he was in perfect health. It was most kind of you to see me home, Mr. Thurston. Yeah. I'll take that medical kit. Thank you. I will have the lights on in a moment. Do not bother, Miss Hussain. <gasps> Mr. Thurston! And do not move either of you. My men are well armed. Who are you? My name happens to be Dagelev. And as for why I'm here, surely I do not have to tell you that, Mr. X. Major Trigger. Very well. Send him in at once. I got it, Mr. Thurston. I got it. Believe me, this case has blown up higher than... Hey... Mr. Thurston isn't here? That is correct, Sir Schmidt. He has taken Riza, his son, home. But I got some real hot dope for him. Concerning your uncle, Lockmaden? How did you know? Mr. Thurston asked me to take your information for him. Oh, no, you don't. Oh, no, you don't. Nobody gets what, what I know but Mr. X himself. No. Nobody. Uh, he also left me $50 in American money. <laughs> Except, of course, you, my, my oldest, my dearest friend, Major Churga. Boy, 50 smuckaroos. 10, 15, 20... The information is out, Schmidt. 25, 30... Uh, huh? Oh, oh, that. Well, believe me, it's, it's hot like a griddle, yeah. You know what that Uncle Ahmed of mine was doing? 35, uh, 40... He was going... Uh, he, uh, go between, yeah. Between some sheep herder and Azerbaijan and then Professor Gilbert. Only he didn't know it. You were certain of this? 45, 50... Uh, sure, some microfilm was being shipped into my uncle's inside sheepskins he was importing. And the stuff was being bought by Gilbert... Microfilm. That's right, that's right. By accident, he found out what he was doing, yeah. When that Dagilev and his character marched into the shop with guns. So he sent you aboard that plane to warn Mr. Thurston. Are you kidding? He sent me aboard to get rid of me. He owes me 75 bucks in commission. Major Chugga. What? You're certain? Very well, carry on as planned. Come with me, Zellschmidt. We have work to do. Work? That was one of my men calling from Riza Hussain's apartment. The place is empty. There are blood stains on the floor. This way, if you please, Miss Hussein, Mr. Thurston. You will find my farmhouse quite comfortable, even though a bit off the bitten track. Sergei, stand guard at the door. Guard! So, we are here. What do you think of my headquarters? Hmm? You didn't bring us here for small talk, Dagilev. Really, Mr. Thurston, must we proceed so quickly to business? I am proud of this farmhouse. You will not find many like it in Iran. So well equipped with shortwave radio, recording apparatus... Airplanes, concealed hangars... Please, what is it you want? What is going to happen it's to us? It's simple our... enough, Lisa. He didn't get what he wanted from Professor Gilbert. So he's going to try his luck with us. That is quite correct. 
Gilbert had no microfilm on him, nor would he tell us where he had hidden it, despite our uh, persuasion. Perhaps you and the young lady will not prove so stubborn, eh, Mr. X? I shall leave you in the good graces of Sergei while I get the plane warmed up. The plane? The plane? Yes, Miss Hussein. This time the questioning shall be conducted at our leisure. There will be no chance of interruption within the borders of my own country. Ken, Ken, does it really mean that? Tell me, Risa, who hired you to act as Gilbert's nurse? Why, why, he did. Was that just before the flight to Baghdad? Yes, but... And who said he had a heart attack at Hamadan when he was given sedatives? Why, the man with Dagilev. He said he was a doctor. Thanks, Risa. I think that explains a lot of things. Ken! What is going on out there? Better take a look, Sergei. But first, I'll take that gun. Oh! Ken, what is happening? Come on, come on and see. Look, those are military cars. That's right, Lisa. Under the command of Major Churga. Major Churga? I figured that Dagulev would be after us when he didn't get anything from Gilbert. Churga had some of his men tailing us. Well, Mr. First, small world, isn't it? Hey, Gon, this is one time when I can truthfully say I'm glad to see you. Well, you got nothing to worry about. I got everything under control. The whole cat and caboodle. All these characters are rounded up. And everything is... Hey, I didn't know Major Churga had an aeroplane here. He hasn't. That's Dagulev. Dagulev? He's getting away. All right, Pagon, let me have that wheel. The wheel? But where are we going, Mr. X? Hang on to your hat. Mr. X... You're driving this thing right into the runway. That's right. But the airplane, it's coming this way. We're going to smash into it. Get ready to jump. Jump? But, but... Get ready. Huh? Now, jump. Oh, no. Are you all right? Thurston, are you hurt, Thurston? No, no, I, I'm all right. What about Pagan? I don't know about this, Mr. Thanks. But every time I try to help you out of some kind of a mess, I get in trouble. Why do you always have to... Hey. Oh, look at that aeroplane. Yeah. Nagalif and his agents are no longer a problem in Iran. Oh. However, we still have the much greater problem of locating that missing microfilm. I think Reza can give us that, Major. Me, Ken? Yeah. yeah. There's only one reason why Gilbert, a perfectly well man, hired you as a nurse to carry the film for him. To carry the film? Reza, did Gilbert order any special medicines? Why, yes, uh, penicillin. What would a man suffering from heart disease want with penicillin? Oh, I, I don't know. I wondered about it, but... You've still got the kit, Reza. Take a look at those ampules. Of course, Ken. Here is one. Thanks. Thurston, the film... The information about Russia's plans. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that. It's all over, Mr. X. No, Pagan. Huh? You mean we can't relax and take things easy? Not as long as plans like these are still around. Plans for war. We've got to be ready. For anything. But there's one everlasting satisfaction about all the sacrifice... Peace on earth is well worth fighting for. Our star, Herbert Marshall, will return in just a moment. Here's a word from RCA Victor. 
It's been said that the entire history of the American people during the past 50 years can be summed up in one sentence. The automobile took them out of the home, and the television set brought them back. And the set that does most of the bringing back is an RCA Victor. And that's because RCA Victor television is owned most, proved most. In fact, it's million-proof. Almost two million families are happily enjoying RCA Victor television in their homes today. If you want to see a set that turns gadabouts into homebodies, look at the new RCA Victor Regency console, one of the 14 new RCA Victor models for 1951. It has great big 17-inch television, clearer and more powerful than ever, friend in a luxurious cabinet of authentic Regency styling. See the RCA Victor Regency console and then bring your family happily homeward every day with America's favorite and best-looking television... R.C.A. Victor. Now, here is our star, Mr. Herbert Marshall. Thanks for being with us. And before I say anything else, I think you ought to know that in tonight's cast were Gladys Holland, Will Wright, Eric Snowden, Ken Christie, Stan Waxman, and Ted Von Elts. Next week, Mr. X digs into one of the most vicious, most insidious rackets the world has ever known. Dope smuggling. And speaking of the... Uh, I beg your pardon, but Leon Belasco will be along as Pagon Zellschmidt. So join us, won't you, when next I return as the man called X. Good night. Man Called X is a Saturday night feature on NBC's five-show festival of comedy, music, mystery, and drama. Brought to you by the makers of Anison for fast relief from pain of headache, neuritis, neuralgia. And by RCA Victor, world leader in radio, first in recorded music, first in television. The Man Called X, starring Herbert Marshall, is a J. Richard Kennedy production with music composed and conducted by Felix Mills. Tonight's story was written by Sidney Marshall. All characters and incidents on this program are fictitious, and any resemblance to actual characters or incidents is purely coincidental. Be sure to listen tomorrow evening for The Big Show with Tallulah Bankhead and a great parade of stars, the Sunday night feature of NBC's All-Star Festival. And until next week, same time and station, this is Jack Latham saying good night for The Man Called X. Join your hit parade and have fun with Dennis Day, both on NBC. And that's The Man Called X with a tiny bit of microfilm. Starring Herbert Marshall from February 24th, 1951, is heard on NBC. Stick around, I'll give you our lineup for episode 40 of the Classic Radio Theater after this short break. Next time on episode 40 of the Classic Radio Theater, brought to you by the Bradford Exchange, we'll hear two Western episodes of Gunsmoke, starring William Conrad, so don't miss it. To reach me and to learn more about the Classic Radio Club, visit ClassicRadioClub.com. Be sure to tune in to our next show. Thanks for listening.